Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. We are back together once again for another edition of Texas Ag Today. Well, for the first nine months of this year, it seems like every time we turn around, we're hearing something about climate change. It is affecting all of agriculture, and the Texas wheat industry is no exception. We'll talk with one Texas wheat industry official about climate change and how they're addressing it coming up to kick off today's show. Also, beef promotion is a top priority here in the top cattle-producing state in the nation. The Texas Beef Council is working hard to promote beef to chefs across the state. We'll look at that story coming up as well. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. Texas High Plains cotton kind of stumbled at the starting gate, but things are looking encouraging as the crop heads toward the finish line. I'm James Hunt, and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. Small acreage vegetable and fruit farms in Texas need good land, good water, and available markets. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. This is Jim Hearn in the Rio Grande Valley. Extreme South Texas turns hot and harvesters are busy with sorghum, corn, and cotton. Those stories and more on today's report. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. Climate change has managed to wind its way into nearly every aspect of production agriculture, and the wheat industry is no exception. Steely Fishbacher, Director of Policy for Texas Wheat Producers, says the wheat industry is looking at both old and new programs to address the climate change issue. Well, it's found a way to work itself into almost every conversation that I have. So over the past a couple of months at least, probably going back for the last year, it's been uh, raising in importance for us as an organization and uh, for those that we deal with. So it's always something we get questioned on. It's something our growers are asking questions of us, and it's something that our legislators are asking a lot of questions too. So what we've done here at Texas Wheat, uh, we've participated in comment uh, comment proposals where we've submitted comments to USDA just here recently. They reached out to stakeholders uh, looking for what could be done with existing programs. So we know there's very beneficial and successful existing programs like CRP, CSP, and EQIP that play in this space and are connected to some of the practices we're looking at that would fall under the umbrella of Climate Smart Ag. And so what can we do with those existing programs? Uh, what progress has already been made is important for us as wheat farmers to make sure that we keep telling that story. Uh, but then also what other opportunities are out there? So what new programs, what new policies could be put in place that could help wheat farmers move the needle forward. Fishbacher says when it comes to new programs, there are a few things Texas wheat producers want to see. So we want to make sure that when new programs are coming on, 
that they're very flexible. What works here in Texas is not going to be the same thing that works in other areas of the country. And so we want to make sure there's flexibility, make sure that it's voluntary. And uh, we're telling that story. Voluntary incentive-based programs are what's going to work um, across the largest amount of acres and really um, make the progress that's being looked for. Steely Fishbacher with Texas Wheat Producers. The Texas Beef Council is educating chefs about the beef industry. Forty chefs from across Texas recently gathered in San Antonio to learn more about the beef life cycle from pasture to plate and the many ways that beef may be used in their kitchens. The first ever Beef Loving Chefs Summit, hosted by the Texas Beef Council, was held at the Culinary Institutes of America in San Antonio. Chef Robert Hale, TBC's manager of culinary and food service, says they were able to bring chefs together from all sectors of the food industry with beef cattle experts, chef instructors, and a registered dietitian. We had chefs from from center of the plate specialists, from uh, the broadliners like Cisco and Benny Keith, to uh, chefs that work in uh, college campuses, chefs that work in hospitals, and all the way uh, then to independent restaurateurs. So it was a great way to bring them together. We do our uh, pasture to plate tours where we go up to uh, West Texas A&M and and spend a whole week up there. We're able to bring 10 or or 15 chefs uh, along with us on those tours, but they last all week. And we really just wanted to to come together for a two-day, tense pasture to plate training from some of our industry experts and just be able to give them the information. No field trips, uh, just classroom work. And then we're uh, also able to wrap a lot of culinary recipes and, and demos around it also. Chef Hale says they plan to host the summit again next year. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. The Louisiana Farm Bureau is activating its hay clearinghouse to help cattlemen in the aftermath of Hurricane Ida. The clearinghouse connects ranchers who need hay or pasture for their cattle with those who have hay, pasture, or transportation services to donate. If you're interested in helping Louisiana cattlemen with those needs, you can access the clearinghouse at lafarmbureau.org slash hayclearinghouse. Texas High Plains cotton had a somewhat rocky start this year, but James Hunt tells us things are looking encouraging as we near the finish line. As we all know, area cotton got off to a rough start this season as cool, wet weather early on delayed both planting and development. But Mark Brown of Plains Cotton Growers says the crop got a big boost from positive weather conditions in August and things look promising as the harvest draws near. Now, I'm not going to say that we're going to have a record-breaking crop, but from what I have seen, North to south, in the last few days, I was up in Spearman, and so I've been in Hansford County, Moore County. I've seen crops up there that look very favorable to me. And then just yesterday, I was down in the Midland and Martin County area, and I saw big uh, speckled bowls and uh, blooms up in the top of the plant right where we want them at this time of year. So uh, things look really favorable in terms of yield. I will say that I have been into some fields where it appears that there might have been some flea hopper infestations early on and we're missing some fruiting sites. Also, a lot of these fields appear to be fruiting a little higher up the plant. And I think that may be due to just the weather conditions that we had during the onset of fruiting. Um, But for the most part, I think we're going to have a very respectable yield out here in most of these crops. That said, Brown acknowledges a lot depends on continuing to get good weather in the weeks ahead, especially in terms of getting some more heat units. And even though insect pressure appears to be on the light side right now, 
Brown urges farmers be watchful. We just always need to keep our guard up, especially for aphid pests that might be around whenever the cotton begins to open. We certainly want to avoid any sticky cotton issues on that lint. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. We talk a lot about the major crops on this show, like cotton, corn, and wheat. But we shouldn't forget about a very important segment of agriculture that our mother always reminded us to eat. Tom Nicoletti explores vegetable production here in Texas. These days, there are a lot of small acreage vegetable farms that are in production across Texas uh, that uh, are producing a wide variety of uh, fruits and vegetables. And to talk more about this, we go to San Angelo horticulturist John Begno. And John, uh, this is uh, certainly a growing trend, and uh, there is a market for these type of vegetables and produce. There really is. You know, locally grown or Texas grown, we have a long history of having these smaller plots. We think of smaller ground because because yields are sometimes astronomical. If you consider one squash plant can produce 70 pounds of squash, it doesn't take thousands of acres of squash necessarily to have truckload lots. So we're seeing people take these five acres, 10 acres, and move them into some locally grown or area-wide grown vegetables, and sometimes in the case of strawberries and things like that, fruits. And so the, the trend is growing provided you have good land and good water, and most important, an available market. Those uh, folks operating those uh, particular uh, small farms already have a market. They know where their product is heading once it's uh, off their little farm. You might see those that struggle a little bit to grow it and then sell it, and that's a very, very difficult spot to be in. Yes, most of these people have done the research on market, whether it's a farm that can cooperatively get together with others and then have bulk, or whether you individually sell to a localized store or your roadside or whatever, these markets are always researched before you even plant a seed in the ground, and that's a wise decision. That is San Angelo horticulturist John Begnaud. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Harvest is rolling full speed ahead in South Texas. Jim Hearn has an update from the Rio Grande Valley. Extreme South Texas is back in its usual August-September weather pattern. The rains have ended for now, and with daytime highs near or at 100 degrees, harvesters have finished up the sorghum and corn harvest, and attention is now being focused on cotton. Now, many cotton fields are being defoliated right now, and there seems to be a wide range in uh, the yield possibility. Now, many cotton fields received over 40 inches of rain during this growing season, and that certainly has impacted yields. But overall, cotton has a good bowl load so far on the plants. Cotton stock destruction will be deadline is at September 1st for us, and any cotton that remains hostable after that time is going to be in violation. You know, another challenge will be monitoring our harvesting equipment as it leaves the valley. It'll head north into other eradication zones, and equipment, well, it must be clean and not carrying any hitchhiking bow weevils. Well, lake levels at Amistad and Falcon, they continue to drop with this hot weather. Water usage for all valley crops remains extremely high. This is Jim Hearn reporting from the Rio Grande Valley for Texas Ag Today. The special white-winged dove days are here, and the coastwide fishing tournament ends Monday. I'm Jessica Dommel, and I'll have details coming up on Texas Ag Today. And one of the major problems in all livestock is parasite resistance. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today.
After my first car accident, I feared the biggest damage would be to my wallet. I expected a mountain of bills and a long, drawn-out process. But my Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent was there when I needed her and helped me get back on my feet and in my car in no time. Instead of a hassle, I got reassurance and a quick recovery. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to find an agent who's there when you need them most. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. One of the major problems we face in livestock production is parasite resistance. But veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd says one simple management technique may help. Resistance of intestinal parasites to deworming medications is a major concern for livestock producers. There are no new classes of dewormers being developed, and many of the dewormers for livestock you buy in the feed store are ineffective. These intestinal parasites cause millions of dollars of livestock losses per year, and these parasites are difficult to control due to drug resistance. One method that may be effective is mixing different species on the same pasture, since most parasites are species-specific. For example, pasturing cattle in the same pasture as horses may decrease the number of parasites, as although both species have the same type of parasites, the cattle and horse parasites do not infect the other species. So if cattle on the pasture ingest infective larvae of the horse parasites, these parasites will die because they cannot survive in the cattle. And the same thing happens when horses ingest the cattle parasites. So basically, you are killing parasites by allowing a species to ingest the parasite that does not support their growth. To test this theory, the Horse Magazine reports that French researchers investigated the number of parasite eggs in horses that were grazed with cattle and found that the number of eggs were much less in horses grazed with cattle versus horses only grazed with other horses. Another study showed that cattle grazed with horses gained more weight than cattle grazed only with other cattle, in part due to less parasites. So by rotating cattle and horses on pasture, you can actually clean the pasture of parasites. I'm veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The special White Wing Dove Days are here, and the Star Fishing Tournament is wrapping up. Jessica Domel has more in today's Wildlife Report. Texas anglers have just a few more days to try their luck at winning a prize during this year's Star Fishing Tournament. The annual tournament is a membership drive for the Coastal Conservation Association of Texas and a fundraiser for its efforts to improve and protect Texas fisheries. Dylan Sassman, Assistant Tournament Director, said you can register online at startournament.org and you must be registered to win. You need a star registration and current CCA membership prior to the catch. A list of prizes is available on the Star Tournament website. That's startournament.org. Simply click on the tab at the top of the page that says prizes. The tournament ends on Monday. Dove season in both the north and central zones has been open for several days now, and now hunters in parts of South Texas will be able to take their shot this weekend as the special white-winged dove days open in the south zone. Those special white-winged dove days were extended this year. Owen Fitzsimmons, Webless Migratory Game Bird Program Leader for the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department, explains. 
instead of the usual four days, we're going to have six. So that'll be uh, the first two weekends of September will be a Friday, Saturday, Sunday with the usual noon to sunset shooting hours. We got that to give our hunters a little bit more flexibility in travel and a little bit more hunting opportunity in early September. The daily bag limit for the special white-winged dove days is 15 birds per day with no more than two morning doves and two white-tipped doves. As Fitzsimmons mentioned, legal hunting hours are different on the white-winged dove days in the south zone. They're from noon to sunset. The special white-winged dove days in the south zone are September 3rd through the 5th and September 10th through the 12th. The regular season in the south zone opens September 14th. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. Well, it was a tough week for the cattle markets. We saw lower trade throughout the week over the past week, and Friday was no exception. We'll take a look at all of Friday's livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. As harvest begins, the American Seed Trade Association reminds farmers to be diligent in taking the proper precautions to ensure treated seed does not enter the domestic or export grain supply. When properly handled, seed treatments are an effective agronomic tool that provides seeds the necessary protection for a strong, healthy start. Completely remove all treated seed left in containers and equipment used to handle harvested grain and dispose of it properly. Always be careful to follow state and federal guidelines for proper handling, storage, and disposal of treated seed. For more information, visit seed-treatment-guide.com or contact your seed dealer. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. It was a fairly tough week for the cattle market. We saw lower prices throughout the week for both live and feeder cattle futures on just about every day. We ended up on Friday in the red in both live and feeder cattle. October live cattle dropping $1.25 at $124.80. The December down $1.27 at $130.92. February live cattle down $1.17, $135.15. September feeder cattle dropped $1.82 on Friday, $158. 847, the October down 257, 16247. November feeders down 245 at 16527. It was a fairly light cash fed cattle trade throughout the week. We saw most of our sales here in Texas going as high as 124 to 124 and a quarter. If you move up north, prices were higher. They sold cattle as high as 130. Dressed prices topped out at 205. Boxed beef on Friday was mixed choice, down 23 cents, 337.69. Select up $1.19 at 306.16. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. It's time to talk to Jody Fry for producers in Cargill, San Angelo. They sell them there every Thursday. Jody Fry, how did this week's sale go? Well, we're a little lighter on numbers than we'd like to be, but the quality was real good. We sold right at 800 head today. Majority of those were kids and yearlings. Uh, the heavyweight kids and yearlings selling fully steady. Still very good demand on those better quality cattle. Your choice light to medium weight calves saw those sell another 2 to $4 higher. Continued strong demand on those as well. Limited supply of slaughtered cows and slaughter bulls today selling about steady. Not enough bred cows or pairs on offer for a good market test today. Your steers weighing 4,600 pounds. Better quality steers, 140 up to a high of over 185. Mostly 145 to 165. Six 
six to 800 pound steers from 120 up to a high of 155, mostly 125 to 150. Better quality heifer calves, four to 600 pounds from 120 up to a high of near 160, mostly 130 to 145. Slaughter cows averaged a high yielding from 51 to 65, had just a few of the highest yielding slaughter cows from 68 to a high of 78. Thinner or lower yielding type cows, not many of those today, from 37 to 49. Slaughter bulls averaged a high yielding from 70 to 86, had just a handful of the very highest yielding slaughter bulls from 88 to a high of 98. Uh, what do you think for this next week? Well, we'll get flooded with phone calls on Monday, whether we're having a sale or not Tuesday. And yes, we are. Uh, expect a little lighter numbers probably on the sheep and goat sale, but maybe in that four to 5,000 head range. But we will be there over the weekend and Monday receiving stock for that Tuesday sale. We know of some calf consignments and a few breeding bulls for next Thursday. Uh, and those will sell kind of 1130 to 12 o'clock. So should bounce back and have better cattle numbers next Thursday. Jody Pryde, tell everybody how to get a hold of you. You bet. Any of us at the office at 325-653-3371 or my mobile phone would be the same area code 234-7895. We appreciate you, Jody. Thank you so much. Have a good weekend, Larry. Maybe that's it for Walking the Bins. I'm Larry Marble. We're a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. See you tomorrow. Thanks, Larry. Back over to the futures market now where lean hogs finish lower on Friday. October hogs down 27 at 89.57. The December down 22 at 82.10. Class 3 milk slightly lower. September milk down 3, 16.64. 100 weight. October milk down 6 at 16.75. The cotton market finished higher on Friday for the second trading session in a row. A weaker U.S. dollar and strong equity markets helping to support cotton prices at the end of the week. October cotton up 48 points, 95.62. December up 73 at 94.02. We wrapped up a tough week for the corn market. The closing of export facilities along the Mississippi River because of Hurricane Ida damage pressured corn prices throughout the week. At the end of the week, more pressure coming from rain in the Corn Belt. Overall, the December corn contract lost about 30 cents for the week. We closed with nearby September off eight and a quarter, 508 a bushel. December corn down one and a half at 524. The wheat market bounced back nicely on Friday to make up for most of the losses earlier in the week. Hard wheat finishing higher with September up 14 cents, 7.15 and a quarter. New crop July up 7.5 at 7.18 a bushel. Soft wheat market higher also on Friday, September up 10.5, 7.14.5. New crop July up a quarter penny, 7.15.5. Rough rice was higher, September up 1.5 cents, 13.07 a hundredweight. November soybeans up 8 and 3 quarters, 12.92 a bushel. September soybean meal up $3.00. Closing at 340.90 a ton. In the energy markets, October natural gas up seven at 471. October crude oil down 74 cents, 69.25 a barrel. The financial markets on Friday were narrowly mixed. The Dow down 39 points, 35,404. The Nasdaq up 37 at 15,368. The S&P up one, 4,538. Well, that wraps up our markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. Don't forget, we'll be right back here next time to bring you all of the latest news in Texas agriculture. My name's Kerry Martin. Hope to see you then right here on Texas Ag Today. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website, at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.